Hopewell Farm CBD hemp products are naturally sourced from Tennessee. Their 100% pure hemp products are made from the finest non-GMO hemp. Each product is designed to provide natural healing, help you regain strength, and promote holistic health. Save 10% today with promo code JOURNEYTOTRUTH10. Click the link below in the description for a discount or go to hopewellfarmtn.com. A lot of this information has been kept uh, uh, sort of locked up or kept undercover because of the invasion of the Smithsonian group way back in the 1880s. What actually happens is it's not taken to preserve it, it's taken to hide it. And um, about four and a half miles from here, a cave was discovered. It's not really a cave as such, it's a man-made cavern system. But how the hell do you get that much granite? Because the granite on the base of that damn near weighs what the dirt on the top of it weighs. Nobody knows what's underneath it. I've heard a theory that there's a spaceship underneath it. There was copper and steel plated artifacts that depicted men in armor with shields and helmets. Including right here at Cahokia, there were reported two giants with double rows of teeth and six fingers and six toes. Extra vertebrae or extra ribs in their cage. These are different races of people. They're not just regular humans. Definitely is a stone burial chamber and there's a large body in it of bones. I would say 15 to 16 feet. I saw different types of extraterrestrials here with the Native Americans. The peoples of the Cahokia Mounds actually saw the Birdman as some kind of cosmic being and not a humanoid being. So this Birdman was the last in the pure and the true of his kind. So yes, there, are, there were rituals or there were dances and celebrations and people would dress up like the galactic beings that were visiting, um, but there were actual physical galactic beings that were visiting. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Just a quick reminder that our documentary, Cahokia Mounds, The Untold Story, is now available on our Patreon. That link is below for only $5 a month. We're going to be releasing publicly here in a few weeks whenever we get all of that ready. We're still working on some behind-the-scenes stuff, and we are going to be uploading behind-the-scenes footage, the raw interviews, unused footage, uh, and probably even some commentary from Aaron and I on the Patreon as bonus features. So go over there, check that out. And you may have noticed we just released our clone webinar publicly on the YouTube channel. So if you missed that or if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it got a lot of great feedback. We put our heart and soul into that. We did some great research and it turned out really well. We're proud of it. So go check that out and give us your feedback. We'd love to hear what you think. And... Tonight, we are joined by Anthony DeStefano, or Daystar, as we know him now. Uh, so this is a very interesting story. He has died nine times, had nine near-death experiences, and lived to tell about it. And along the way, I mean, he has some incredible stories to tell, and some of the things that he saw, including being saved by blue beans and spending a year on their planet, and I think in your first... Uh, your first NDE, which I'm absolutely fascinated to learn more about that. 
But there's quite a lot to get into today, and we're really interested to hear what you have to say. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you guys so much. I appreciate that. And I appreciate being here and uh, you guys being inquisitive enough to want to know about what happened. So I'm ready to share with you guys whatever you need, whatever you want to hear. Yeah, you know, something when I was listening to your presentation from Sedona, for one, you touched on a lot that I have questions about that I want to get deeper into. Um, you kind of brushed over some things that really fascinating, but you know, you didn't spend any time on them. So I can't wait to do that. But I also realized that like we all throw around the term NDE, like just not near death experience. We're just like nonchalantly nowadays, not realizing how significant it is that people are dying, literally dying uh, to the point where they have to call a family member like, hey, you know, we've lost your son or your daughter. And then you come back and you have a story to tell and you've experienced another reality. And I just, I don't know, when I really sat down and thought about it, I'm like, wow, we just kind of throw that term around and we don't take it that serious anymore. So uh, I'd love to know what your takeaway is from just dying nine times and then where you are now, too. So uh, maybe you could start from the beginning and just tell the story on how the first one happened. Well, I guess uh, I, I'll go quick into my takeaway real quick and then I'll get into the story. So I, I believe that... Um, we obviously are creating our own realities, you know, and I didn't obviously know this until now when I was a child, I didn't know it, but I just knew that there was something going on because, you know, after that first death, you know, I, I drowned and um, I watched the water above my head and then I, I sucked in water and I was gone, you know, for five hours and uh, on this planet um, where I got taken to these blue beings, they saved me. They brought me to a planet and I actually got to live amongst them and, and, and be part of their community. And um, I shared in all experiences that I would have here and there. And uh, it was only five hours for here, but it was a lifetime there. You know what I mean? And um, it was, it was truly fascinating and incredible. And when I started telling people what happened, they put me in a mental institution as a child, you know, and they put me on medication and they said there was something wrong with me. And all these years, you know, not all, all these years, but all those years as a, as a young child, I always kept thinking there was something wrong with me. How could I see people's auras around their heads? Why are all these colors around people? How do I know if that person's angry or not without even being around them? You know what I mean? I didn't, and none of this stuff came into the picture until I started, you know, getting older and realizing and realizing, you know, realize because I could see now with my eyes, not just, you know, in this this computer generated realm we live in or simulation or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's many different names for it. I just know that I, I have a, the ability to move through it in different ways than others do now, you know. But that was uh, it was a really uh, it was a really wild experience, you know, because I I was struggling and I was scared to death. And then all of a sudden, boom, I was somewhere and I was safe and I'm looking around and there's these beings that I'd never seen before. And of course, as a child, I was scared. You know, I didn't know, you know, what who are these? Why am I here? You know, what is this? You know, and I didn't know if I was dead or not because that didn't even come into my mind. You know what I mean? I mean, literally at five years old, that didn't even come into my mind. I just thought I was someplace else. And I'm like, okay, I'm someplace else. And and I, I knew I was someplace else at that point. Wow. So I I guess I misunderstood. I thought you spent what, a year there, but you you lived an entire lifetime. In 62 years I spent there. Six. Wow. 
Yeah. And you have and like I had, a, a full recall of this life or just like bits and foggy memories, bits and pieces? I have um, not the full thing, but I do have uh, 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 clear pictures of phases of this whole thing, including children, uh, my partner at the time there, and um, and then them coming to me and saying, it's time to go back, you know? And literally everyone saying, you know, they were like, it was a, it was like a celebration when I was leaving. And it was like a celebration when I got there, which was really cool. They were like happy to see me and they were cheering. Yay, you made it beautiful and all this. And uh, so I remember pieces of it. And and as I, I journey more and I, and I, and I contact more and I connect more, more of it comes back to me, you know, and this has just been the past probably two years this has really been coming back to me and really the past year that I've actually sat and tried to piece it back together in my head, you know, cause at five hours I was completely gone. I mean, the coast guard was looking for me. My family was out there. We had a house on the beach in old orchard beach, Maine and, and, and the beach went to the ocean and I was nowhere. And then all of a sudden there I was on the beach five hours later, right there in the spot where my family was. And they were all looking for me and someone says, Hey, he's right there. And um, I I was gone in the water, you know, and then gone somewhere else. And in that five hours, I'd lived that whole lifetime. Wow. So you were just placed back. I didn't even realize that your physical body had gone missing. I just thought you were there like mentally. No, my physical body was completely missing for five hours. Yeah. They had, uh, they had given up uh, pretty much looking for me, you know. Wow. And, I know um, what that reminds me of is Brooks Agnew's childhood where he went missing for hours and then to him it was like only minutes had passed remember that yeah yeah exactly thing except he didn't have a near-death experience Mm -hmm. yeah that i forgot about that but yeah it's true like time is not what we think it is you know that's proof right there and that's (laughs) another point and and you're you're right and that's another point you made at the end of your presentation that you just kind of blew by you said we have the we can bend time we have the ability to yeah. time. And I, I was like, yes, because I know I just had this conversation yesterday with somebody and I fully understand that this is possible. And I'd love to hear what your takeaways are and like how you came to that realization. So sitting in and putting that presentation you watched together, uh, I was with uh, young Isaac Mars, who you guys interviewed before. And um Putting the timeline together, it just started to not make sense. You know, there was no way that I had actually done all the things I had done in this short period of time because it was like two growth seasons, a year with my partner, a year in Washington, a year getting getting better and healing. And then it, it had only been in this reality and this linear, you know, this 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 brainwashed timeline we're in, it only been four and a half years, but we there was and a half years worth of events so we started getting on phone calls isaac um my partner blue and a very close friend of ours to help put the presentation together all of us spent two days helping me because i'm really not good with the computer machines and we put everything together and we started making phone calls and people were like yeah we you know this and that just to you know bring back up and, and get a statement from these people yeah we did this and then my two growth seasons were two whole full years of cannabis grow seasons up in Maine and then a year with my partner. And then this, this year I spent with Isaac and that would have been it, but I had a year up in Washington. I had a year of traveling with my dog, you know, so it just didn't make sense. So we started, and I wasn't going to talk about time dilation in my, in my thing, 
in my in my presentation. But the guy right before me said, we have the ability to dilate time. And that's why I'm here to talk to you guys. And he put up this little short little smidgen of a presentation in uh, right after Zinkakaro talked. And um, I was like, oh, there's my sign. And everyone turned their head and looked down because we were sitting in the in the in the audience. Everyone turned their head and looked at me that worked on the presentation. <laughs> so, well, there's your sign. You have to talk about this. So what I noticed and what I've been figuring out, and and I'll tell you the truth, the God's honest truth, the dimethyltryptamine and, and DMT has helped me with a lot of these things, okay? So including healing of the cancer of my body. Um, I, I did massive NNDMT journeys, and I've been using it since... I was 17 years old on Grateful Dead tour. So I've really been using this, this medicine, this plant technology for a long time, which they call the switch technology. Um, and that is where I learned to do these things. And I learned to time dilate, time jump and things like that. Not, not so much learned it, but saw that I was doing it through the use of DMT and uh, also, of course, my healing of liver cancer that they told me I was going to die within within 90 days I had. And it, there's no longer than that I was going to live. And then four months later, I was completely clear of liver cancer, you know, and that was up in the hospital at CMMC in Maine. And I have all that. You saw it in my uh, mm -hmm. my, my talk. Um, mm -hmm. I was blown up like a balloon. But uh, DMT showed me that. And they also showed me that I had the ability to move around. So I'll tell you a quick story. You know, I spent eight years in solitary confinement throughout my prison sentence, right? All by myself. It was cold and it was snowing and I was doing push-ups and they wouldn't give me any blankets. They were just being real, real, you know, agitators. Uh, I don't want to use bad words or whatever. And um, I was very cold and there was, a, I was on the second story and there's fluorescent lights, you know, with the, uh, and they, they keep the concrete warm above them. In this one little strip. So I'd lay down and do push-ups right there all night long. And, you know, it, it was snowing outside the window and I'm freezing cold and I just collapsed. And then all of a sudden there I was looking at myself and I was like, wow, this is how it happens. Seriously. And um, I didn't know that I was actually going to journey. And I was like, well, if I'm not in my body, I might as well go play someplace warm. So I did. I went to the beach and uh, I was warm. I was down in the keys in the water. And then about, I guess it was around lunchtime, I came back into my body and there I was laying on the floor. And I was like, mm. oh, hold on a minute. I had figured something out. I didn't know what at the time, but I had figured something out. And that was, that was part of what I figured out that, you know, being able to move in other dimensions and move in other places, actual project or whatever you want to call it, but actually keep myself alive through those spiritual realms or that whatever, you know, however you want to word it, being able to travel like that and then come back. So that was, that was part of it. That was part of the time dilation thing too, when I could see that all put together, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. And I, I think that we have the ability, like, yeah, that's amazing. The astral projection, I've done it accidentally. And I've never been able to initiate it, but I've, it's always been while I've been sleeping. It hasn't really happened in the middle of doing push-ups or something like that. But um, I think we have the ability to like, if we're running late or what, or whatever the case may be, like we can just by our own setting that intention, we can make it on time, even though it may seem impossible by what the clock mm -hmm. tells us. And I, you know, when I think of bending time, that's what I'm thinking about. Is that something you've experienced as well? Oh, totally. Yeah. We have many times been rushing in the car, know that I can't get an hour and a half across town. 
and then just sit and just put the intention in and potentialize the moment, you know, completely potentialize the moment. And then there I was, you know, right there at, at the meeting or wherever it was I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've done that on multiple occasions. My partner Blue and I do it all the time, actually. Yeah. I, I, it's a real ability that we can all do, but you have to understand that, you know, you have to understand time and you know, it's not linear. And I mean, I don't... The, the illusion of time, you have to understand the illusion of time. Right. So what I, what I personally, just for me, you know, everybody's got their own thing. I personally figure time as a circle. Mm-hmm. It's not like this or it's not like this either. Cause if it was like this, it'd be something steady, but I don't believe any of it. I believe it's all running at the same time right now. Or in the same this same moment right now, and yep. and in this sphere, and it's not like this or like this, you know. So we get a confused. Sometimes it gets confused, and people say, "Well, it's all running like this. It's not like this." I'm like, "Well, that's the same as this. Just turn this way." I think it's like this. So we can go back and go forward. I've been back and forward. I rode this on this this really amazing journey. Is, is it okay to talk about this? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I was on this really amazing journey and uh, it was a spirit journey and I'd gone uh, uh, 10 days on this big fast. And um, then I did spirit ceremony for three days with DMT. And on the third day, I took this journey and I was riding this white lion. And I there's a car and I'm on this highway and this highway is just going nowhere. It's like infinitum in front of me. And it just looks like infinitum. And I pull up next to this car and I have these two gold coins. I'm wondering why I have these two big gold coins in my pockets. And I pull up next to the car and it's my parents and they're in the car next to me. And I look over and I just intuitively know to hand them a coin. I hand them the coin and in within a half a mile, there's an exit and they get off the exit and they said, thank you. We'll see you later. We love you. And they, and they went off. And then, I, and then the lion said to me, said, Hey, you need your coin because we're going to get off. So I pulled my coin out and there it was, we get off in the future. So I got to see future me and I got to see the future world. And, and, I, and I got shown this whole beautiful, just living organism of everything. Like the buildings were living organisms. That everything was just beautiful and alive. And uh, it was really crazy. Just another one of my journeys. But that was the time thing. You know, right. it goes along with the time thing. It's just that was the future. It was showing me the future, brought me into the future to see. And I'd done the same thing in the past, too, and, and rearranged some things to change these generational, you know, healings and, and things that go on, you know, I've completely, you know, going from, you know, mafia, the bad thing to medicine, man, I've completely changed the outcome of my life. You know, it was, it was a destined path that I was in this, you know, this, whatever you want to call it, this circle, this, this stuckness and and that most, the loop, absolutely. It's the loop. And uh, I was in this matricule matrix thing, and it just kept happening over and over and over again. And it, and my whole family before me, it happened to them for generations. And I was like, wow. So I went back in the past to heal this stuff. I went all the way into the microcosm. That was another thing too, going into the micro and the macrocosm, being able to journey through these areas, and and it's absolutely available to all of us, to yeah. any one of us. Yeah, I agree. And and going back to even a moment in your childhood, you can through meditation and change the course of what happened in that very moment is as a way to heal that childhood yep. trauma and then even other lifetimes. But um, I have more questions to get to about some other things that you talk about. Go ahead. 
you had uh, another experience when you were a child where you ended up needing ear surgery and where they took you in that hospital. I have a lot of questions about that place, but you could tell that story and then I'll, I'll follow up with uh, my questions. Sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was having a hard time hearing all the time and headaches, all this stuff. So they brought me to the hospital and they were putting tubes in my ears and um, they did the surgery and then they pushed me out and I saw my parents and they were like, oh, we're going to bring it to recovery and you can't go. This is a really crazy story. Um, so they pushed me down, they put me in the elevator and we go down in the elevator. I mean, I'm a little kid still, you know what I mean? I'm not very big and I'm, a, How I'm smaller. How uh, I believe I was 12 at that point. Okay. Was that, I think I was 12. I can uh, verify. And was, this, was this following another near-death experience? Well, yeah, I had a, I got hit by a car. I was in Old Orchard Beach, Maine, and uh, I actually got a lawsuit from it and everything when I was a kid um, that my parents put away for me. I, I got hit by a car so hard that my, my little body hit the second story of the building and broke the siding that I landed in the front yard. And my mother was actually standing across the street waiting for me to cross, telling me not to cross because a car was coming. And these ladies from Canada, they were speeding down the road very fast. And it was the main, it was East Grand Avenue in Old Orchard Beach, Maine. And um, this car hit me, I broke the siding, I hit the ground. She ran over and I got up and I said, what's going on? Why are you crying? What, are you all right? And she looked at me and she's like, what? lay down please you're in shock i'm like hold on a minute i'm not in shock you know I, and i remember this clearly because our house was there my brother's house was across the street and i was visiting my brother and um yeah so it was following another near-death experience but i'll get back to the hospital so they pushed me in the, the i'm in the elevator going to supposedly to to um what is it post-operative thing to to recovery. sit and wait recovery room yeah that's what i was looking for and um we get out of the elevator and they're pushing me down the hallway and I'm looking around and there's children and there's, there's like body parts and there's rooms where they're operating on kids with doors open. And it's really freaking you out. And I thought this was a, a dream for a very long time until my father, you know, told me that that wasn't a dream and you took off from the hospital. But um, so they're pushing me down and they're pushing me in this room and it's just not the nicest place ever. And um, there was literally body parts in the hallway in, in containers like arms and legs and things like that. And uh, so I'm going down the hallway. They push me into this room and I'm scared and I know something's going on. I, I know something's happening. I'm like, this is not right. I'm not supposed to be here. And I'm at this age, I'm a pretty tough little kid. You know, my dad's a mob boss, blah, blah, this and that. So I'm, I'm pretty tough. And I, and I was actually strapped down and they were taking me off this bed and putting me in this chair, getting ready to strap me down. And the, the doctor guy said, no, I got this. He's just a little guy. And the other guy left and went up the elevator. And as I'm sitting there, he's getting ready to strap me down. I see an implement right there. I just grab it and I ran it across his face and I cut his whole face open. I ran out the door, ran to the end of the hall because I remembered seeing stairway and I remembered seeing an exit sign. And I went through the exit sign and there I was in Lewiston, Maine, this hospital. It's called CMMC in Lewiston, Maine. And this section I, I was in is a um, um, Barbara Bush section of the hospital. Oh, that's so, surprising. And and you know, yes. you yeah. know the theory that apparently she's Alistair Crowley's daughter. Have you ever heard that theory? She looks. I exactly have heard like that her. theory. Yeah, yeah. it's it's been debunked on Google, but who knows? Of course. <laughs> 
Well, of course, because Google's government run, we all know that. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. but it, that that doesn't surprise me that that's so what is that that part of the hospital is dedicated to her or a memorial for her? Yeah, like that section of the hospital is the Barbara Bush, the section, this and that now. But I so there's another man, he's a Micmac Indian, he's pretty famous. He talks about the same situation. And I didn't know it until someone else told me his story. He had been to that hospital as a kid too and saw the same exact thing. And I, I don't have his name, but I, I will get it to you guys. Um, because I'm gonna ask my girlfriend what his name is. Because he he's uh he's he's he goes around, does a lot of the Anawa gatherings around the around the country with the the tribes the natives and um he actually had the same experience so i told my dad what happened i ran all the way home now i'm in a johnny and i just had ear surgery i'm a little kid i know how to get home i crossed the bridge i went to my house there's my parents my dad's like what the you know he's like what the heck happened and i told him what happened and he's like all right let's go and he grabbed some of the you know some of his guys you know big italian guys with crooked noses and they went directly back to the hospital. And the whole section that I was in was completely bleached and cleaned and emptied out. What? Wow. Yeah. The whole thing was completely cleaned, bleached, and emptied out. Yeah. So you thought this and was a dream until your father told you that story and that, that he went back and checked it out? Yeah. I just thought it was a nightmare that kept reoccurring in my head. And and my, my dad asked me one night because this nightmare happened again. I just couldn't sleep. I'm like, this is freaking me out, you know? body parts, little kid. It was just a little scary situation. So um, he's like, listen, that really happened. And we went there and there was nothing there. And and I don't know if you actually saw what you saw, but I believe you. And and you don't have to be scared of it because it's okay. I got you. And I was like, because my dad was like, you know, he was a, he was a pretty tough dude. And, right. you know, he was, to me, when I was a kid, he was like King Kong, you know what I mean? He was like God because people would come and kiss his hand. You know what I mean? He was a mob guy and, and, and people just, so he's always taken care of all of us. So I knew that nothing would happen to me, you know? Right. And and you mentioned in your talk that you didn't, at the time, you never really understood why this was happening to you. Um, they were trying to experiment on you as a child and you have another uh, scenario where you were in a mental institution. Um, but you mentioned that you think now you understand why they were targeting you, but you never did go into that on why you think they were targeting you as a child. So I'm very curious to know what your thoughts are. I believe they upgraded me in, in many different ways. You know, I, you saw the pictures of how big I was. And, and I mean, I was 285 pounds of solid muscle. And I could literally run back when I was when I was in, imprisoned by the government. You know, I could run 10 miles full out, just just run. Right. And I had these crazy abilities and I had this, these abilities that I didn't know, you know, survival abilities, you know, I won't, I won't talk about the, the actuality of everything, but I survived many situations where there was me or another human that weren't going to survive. And, and, and it was just instinctual all the time. And it, and it became easy to me and I couldn't understand any of this stuff until these memories started coming back. These memories started coming back. And I had um, surgery. I had a hernia fixed and um, it was supposed to be an hour long surgery. And then I was out, you know, like one of those those day surgery things. Well, this mm -hmm. ended up taking them six and a half hours to go into my body. They made three incisions. They made a six inch incision in my groinal area. They cut open my belly button and they cut open my scrotum. And I believe they were checking out the parts and things I had in my body because the doctor came out 
when I was in recovery and I'm like, okay, is it time for me to go? I feel like there's something going on here. He's like, yeah, it was a lot different than we thought. And he was sweating and, and, and talking really fast and pale. And then he's like, I got to go. And I was like, wait, I have questions. And he ran out of the recovery room and never came back. And I'm like, what's going on? I asked, go ahead. Oh, nothing. No, it's okay. That's really weird. Really weird. It was extremely weird. And I couldn't get any answers. Then I tried to get my blood type from the same doctor's office and they don't have it. And this is my, you know, my doctor's office. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, you don't have my blood type. I need a record of my blood. Right. Like, we don't have it. So I, I call all my doctor's offices that I've had my leave, including my liver doctor that, you know, the, you know, diagnosed me with liver cancer and then diagnosed me with no liver cancer. And they don't have my blood type. And I'm like, what's going on with you? (laughs) I've experienced the same thing. They don't, no one has your blood type. You would think they would have it on record. And yeah, I even had blood work done one time. And I asked them if they could tell me about blood type. And she's like, no, you have to pay extra. That's a different test. I'm like, what? Uh, You know? Yeah. Um, Okay. So this might be a silly question, but this sounds like some of the super soldier program type of stuff that we hear about as far as being being, being upgraded. Do you think that you were a part of something like that? I I almost know for a complete fact because the I mean I I pretty much know and I and I don't have any like paperwork to back it up but I have memories to back it up. So this is what I was saying about the abilities. I just had these superhuman abilities all the time. Like I I mean I literally been dead nine times. So many times that I had forgot one time. And when my sister was on conference call after she watched my presentation before, she called me up and said, hey, you forgot about this one time you died on my living room floor. I had overdosed. They came and shocked me back to life with paddles on our living room floor. Hmm. And I'm like, well, there's something going on, you know, all this. And then these memories started flooding back and these, you know, like these spy missions. And I'm like, I, I just thought I was imagining or dreaming them, you know, and I'm like, and they... I would I would dream that they came and got me out of my cell, you know, in in the prison system and and put me on a plane with a group of people. And then I went and did, you know, whatever it was I did, wherever it was, I did it. And then I came back and they put me back in the cell and they did this weird like brain thing where they would program me to go do this mission. And then they would clean my brain and put me back in my cell. And I'm like. And I remember this now. You know, I'm starting to remember more and more. I remember about a half a dozen missions right now that I went on in this program. And I believe they imprisoned me and kept me there for this reason, you know, just to take me out, use me and put me back. And, yeah. and I thoroughly believe that because my dad, you know, he worked um, for this company called Air America a long time ago. I don't know if you know who those guys are, but um, he used to work for these, this company called Air America. And um, he had a lot of leeway in the world. Like there's a picture of him shaking hands with Jimmy Carter. And, you know, my dad's a mob guy, you know, that sold drugs, you know, and he's shaking hands with the president. You know what I mean? And uh, so he kind of knew what was going on in my life, you know, and he like protected me from it. Like there was a time, like the mental institution thing where they wanted to do, uh, they wanted to lock me up and do all these experiments on me. And uh, there was a multiples of this, just so you know, I, I, I'd been ended up in a bunch of different mental institutions from a kid, from telling these stories, from seeing auras, from talking to other beings that aren't from here. I mean, just medication and you need a doctor and you need a counselor because you're screwed up. I mean, it was like my whole life as a kid and then ending up in prison from so much drug use and, and crime life that because I just didn't fit in anywhere. You know what I mean? I just didn't feel at home anywhere because no one could talk to me 
about the things I talk about, you know, and the way I talked. And and I just I just didn't feel at home anywhere. So, you know, I turned to, you know, the darkness and um, that's how I lived. But my dad always protected me. Like there was a time where these guys came to the school to get me. And, and out of nowhere, there's my dad and these two guys in, in suits coming to talk to me. And then my dad shows up and said, hold on a minute. You can't talk to him without my permission and, and took me away from the school. And that was in the fourth grade. And uh, I never knew what was going on, you know, but that that little incident and like three more throughout my life just showed me what was going on. So I could piece together those things like you were saying about the super soldier program and the experimentation on my body, you know. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you have all the telltale signs of being a part of some sort of program, um, just a physical everyday life memories that you have, not the stuff that, you know, came back over time, but just the things in your day to day life are t very telling, like come trying to get you out of school and things like that. But um, whenever you were, what prison were you at when they were taking you and bringing you back? Well, I was in the uh, I was in multiple different prisons. Uh, I didn't really last a long time in each prison just because, you know, people want to take your sneakers and your food and things like that. And I wouldn't allow that to happen. So um, I got moved quite frequently. But I was in federal prison when it first started happening. And I had spent nine and a half years in federal prison. And that's when I really knew because I was really at the height of my abilities when I was there in the federal prison system. And, and I spent out of those years that I spent in, the, in those nine and a half years, I spent in the federal prison system out of those nine and a half years where four and a half of them were in the box. And that's when they were taking me and bringing me, taking me and bringing me, taking me and bringing me. And then the second situation where I was in prison for another almost 11 years down in Florida, eight and a half, nine and a half years in Florida and then two and a half years in the state equals 20, 21 years altogether. But I, I spent another four years in the box down there and the same thing was happening and all of a sudden you know i'm i don't know how but all of a sudden i'm i'm super super uh in shape again and and i'm running again and it's just i fall asleep and i wake up in better shape in the morning you know and i'm like wow this is this is strange and you know i got stabbed five separate times and i lived through those situations you understand what i mean and yeah. and uh, and i'm here to talk to you and um it was just all over again. That whole thing just came back again. So I, I think it was all. And then I won my appeal and got out of prison because they falsely imprisoned me. And and Florida doesn't compensate you for that. So, but uh, so I mean, that's just another. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Were do you were you taken on missions on on Earth somewhere else, or do you think you ever went off planet with any of these? I think both. I have a few memories of off planet, like being in, in these different kind of portal situations where a group of us walk through almost like a Stargate, like the movie Stargate, mm -hmm. uh, but, but a little bit different and, and literally going into other dimensions. And now with uh, NNDMT, I can see a lot of these things that were in my memories. You know what I mean? I can actually see these things and these and, and similar places and be like, oh, OK, this feels very familiar to me. You know, and, and why does this feel familiar? Because I'm going through, I believe NNDMT is the portal. It's a dimensional key that opens the key for us to go to different dimensions. And that's where I think spaceships actually come from. They come from dimensional doorways, not actually up in outer space. They oh, well, they do maybe come, but through doorways to our space and then into our planet. Um, right. 
you know what I mean? Just and how they're and, able to travel that these vast, vast distances like that. People think, you know, you yeah. hear main, mainstream science, especially saying how impossible it, it would be for other civilizations to travel here because of the amount of time it would take. I'm like, they're not understanding how their travel works and how advanced these <laughs> these civilizations are like they don't they don't travel that way like we're thinking mm -hmm. like in this linear way through space they're doing yeah. what you're what you at just the, described at the speed of light yeah um right at the speed of light but it's not what they're doing. and i think that's how jump rooms are possible you know that's yeah uh, mm -hmm. i Absolutely. think that's exactly how they're possible it's they're taking advantage of either natural or man-made portal system and uh so during these the time in these programs, do you recall seeing any any logos, any names? Was it for a three letter agency? Do you have any recall like that? So that was another thing that I I, I briefly stepped on a little bit here. I, I I I didn't really see any logos, but I did see some of the same people on these missions that were with me, not all of them, but on three different occasions, I was with two of the same people and me and two other people on three different missions. And I remember clearly going and doing what we did and coming back with these people and then meeting the same people that were in charge of like whatever, the, the Stargate, the portal door or whatever it was that we were going through. And I remember being on a plane um, with somebody and it was very, it seemed very militarily, you know what I mean? Of course, but everything was black. Like everything was literally black. All of our gear was black. There was no symbols and, um, they were using, uh, uh codes and, and code names for mm. things like that to talk to each other. A black ops program. <laughs> black ops. Yeah, program. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, you have quite a lot going on here. So during any of your near-death experiences, did you ever experience the tunnel or the light or going into the light? Um, you know, there's this controversy about like going to the light, you shouldn't go or you should go. Did you experience that? I absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've experienced a lot of different things. Like one time when I died, like I went through this tunnel and and then I was at my grave site and they were burying me and my family was around. They filled the grave in and then they covered the, with dirt and then the grass grew. And as the grass was growing, I decided I didn't want to be in that coffin anymore. So I broke out of the coffin and climbed up through the dirt. And that's when I came back alive, you know, here and on on the, the bed in the in the uh, um, in the hospital. So I, I saw a lot of kaleidoscopal tunnels that I went through, like one of them I saw going through and then being reborn and being like, oh, heck no, I can't do this again. And then going back through the tunnel, literally going through this kaleidoscopal, like it was like a roller coaster. <laughs> and then there I was and I'm looking around and there's a doctor and there's a woman and I'm a baby. And I'm like, oh, shit, no, I'm not ready to do this again. I'm going to go back and 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 try to figure out this other stuff. Don't want to start at the beginning again. I just had this knowing and I did. I left that and went back through the tunnel. And there I was, boom, back on my uh, deathbed again, you know, at, a, at another time. I saw all kinds of glorious things. And I and, and you talk about going to the light or not. So what I've what I kind of did was every time I looked this way, 
when I was in those situations and I had died, I knew that I'd looked over my right shoulder. I don't know why this happened, but everything was bright and beautiful in that direction. And then I looked that way and everything was scary and dark. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go this way. And every time I decided, so this might be actually a thing. Every time I did decide to go to the light instead of the dark, because it was scary that way and it was light this way. And I, and it came back every time. So that really? was that. Yeah. So it's like just instinctual at that point. You're like, well, obviously I'm not going that way. So I'm going to, you know, go this way. Yeah. But I was feeling sucked in this direction on a few different occasions. You know, I was feeling like I needed to go over here and I kind of explored a couple of times and I was like, okay, this definitely is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be over here. And, and I, I turned around and went back the other way and then came back. You know, so you, it, you it, do you think that's because you had you were here for a mission on Earth right now and you, you haven't completed it? So you're like, I need to go back and complete my mission um, on Earth rather than like, because a lot of people try to say that don't go to the light. It's a soul trap. It'll make it'll force you to keep reincarnating like against your will, basically. And I don't yeah. personally buy that. I, I think I don't know if that's an intentional psyop or if that's just a belief that a lot of people have come to have um because it's you know for whatever reason people like to believe hyped up things and I, it's like yeah but there's a lot of near-death experiencers that that they've had the opposite experience of that where they've they've gone to the light and they've gone to these higher realms and they've you know and then chose to come back it's not that they were forced to come back they they're like oh i i came now i know i remember now my mission of why i came in the first place and i need to go back to complete that right to help you know it's it's not like i'm being forced against my will it's to suffer on earth over and over it's like no there's the ascension is happening we're here to helping with the ascension you know that's why we're here yeah right so i'm glad i'm glad you touched on that because that that's actually the the reality of it so one of the times i got to sit i it was the coolest thing i sat in a sunken living room with this amazing being she was like i can't even describe the colors she was like magenta and and purple and and pink and she sat with me and i told her i wanted to stay and this is one of those times and and this is and you talked about a mission and she said no you have a lot of work to do down there on earth you have to go back and i'm like well i kind of like it here and it was really comfortable and safe and beautiful and it and it was really just magical and mystical and i really wanted to stay so I said, no, I'm going to stay. And she reached over and she touched me on the chest. She said, no, you're not. She tapped me on the chest and boom, there I was face down in the dirt. And I'm like, and I don't have any clothes on. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm definitely here for a lot more. And, and that's really great that you said that. And I really like what you said about the PSYOP of not going in that direction. Because I had, like I said, I explored the other direction. And it was not fun. It was not pretty. And I totally, I, I totally love this, this explanation you just gave, because I think that would be the place I would go if I was going to still feed their machine, the machine right. of that, that, you know what I mean? That psyop shit. And that is, I, I totally resonate with what you just said on that as a, as a psyop, don't go to the light because that's bullshit because I have gone to many realms, like you said, and seen and learned beautiful things and brought that information back here for my mission. And I do have a mission. And I was told multiple times, not just that one time on a few different other occasions. And then I just had an inner knowing 
that absolutely this is my mission. And and my mission is I, I actually facilitate plant medicine and uh, uh, DMT specifically, DMT. And uh, we extract it all naturally, organically from the bark. We don't use any hexane, pentane or any of that horrible stuff. We use D-lemonine, a terpene instead of those things. And uh, I bring people through those journeys, the life and death experience, and bring them back here so they can see and understand what's going on. So when they listen to you guys, they're like, holy cow, this is what I've been waiting for. These guys do have the truth. And, yeah. and it just, yeah. And that's, that's why I'm here. And yeah. That's, that's fascinating. And I, I wanted to segue into the healing journey, like, um, because you talked about, you realized that the earth is healing you and that the trees have memories and you could talk to the trees and, and just connecting with nature and the plant medicines. And that's kind of where your healing journey took you. And I think that's fascinating. So I guess you spent what, over 20 years in the prison system, you said. And then yeah. it, it was after that when you decided I need to do something different. And that's when that journey started. And well, I, I, I kind of started when I was a kid. I started, you know, going to Grateful Dead concerts and I knew I resonated with these beautiful love beings, man, and dancing and singing and and plant medicine, you know, because I really, really embraced plant medicine as a youngster, you know, from like eight till I was like 17, massive amounts of LSD mushrooms and cannabis. And I just never registered with the other, you know, the drugs, you know, as opposed to plant medicine. And um, I knew there was something there because that's where my joy was. You know, when I was in the woods dancing with a bunch of hippies around a fire, I knew my joy was there, you know, and I was like, wow, hold on a minute. I don't belong in this other world. So, yeah, I came home and I decided that. Well, I guess the universe kind of decided, you know, to show me a really big picture when they said you have liver cancer and put me in the hospital for those 12 days. And I was like, okay, because I, I knew my path. I'd already started my cannabis business and cannabis medicine and, and giving it away to cancer patients and kids with seizures and Parkinson's people. So I knew my mission. I just wasn't fully secure in it at that moment until they said you have liver cancer and you have 30 to 90 days to live. And um, here's a box of medicine. Go home and enjoy the rest of your life. And I was like, hold on a minute. This is not my movie and this is not my mission. I know, I know that there's way more I got to do here. And that's when I started really journeying hard again in the DMT. So I'll just a brief synapse of my um, liver cancer. So I did this really big journey. I mean, I, I, I did like 650 milligrams of DMT through a few multiple inhalations. And um, the biggest one took me to this really beautiful place. And I met that woman I sat down with, the magenta and, and shimmery, just can't describe the colors because we don't have them here on this planet. You know what I mean? And um, she brought me to a room, opened the door and said, there's where your work is and shut the door behind me. And I saw these things. I didn't know what they were. And they, they had these things around them. And I'm like, what the heck is this? But I saw that some of them, these, these, these loops they were like this. One was like open here. And there was two of them that were open like this. So I just put them back together and put this one back together and took the straight one and put it back together. And then they made these with a circle in the middle. And I didn't know this was an atom at the time. So I came out of this journey and I drew the journey because I used to like to really journal a lot after these, these experiences. Because, you know, a heavy DMT experience is, is physically dying and coming back to life. So you get to go to these places. And then with NNDMT, not only are you physically dying, coming back to life, you get to journey through these portals into different dimensions. Mm -hmm. So when I drew these atoms, 
I was like, okay, now I know I'm okay. I know I'm okay. So I went back to the, the doctors after four months and he gave me blood tests, no signs of liver cancer. Not only that, they tested me for uh, celiac disease and, and I could start, I started running again because I had asthma all of a sudden. I couldn't even breathe going upstairs and I gave me this purple disc and I'm shooting these, this powder into my lungs and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, this is crazy. I'm coughing up blood. You know, they're killing me and uh, nothing wrong with me. I, I could run. I could eat. I didn't have celiac disease anymore. I didn't have asthma. I didn't have liver cancer. None of this stuff. I had no uh, um, hep C. Hep C had gone. Liver had gone. Liver cancer got everything gone. And I'm like, wow. So through that journey, and and I, I was on a plant-based diet. Yes, I did plant, plant raw vegan diet. And uh, I lived with my plants. And this is when I started talking to the plants, like you were talking about, and really listening to the trees the wind and the water instead of, you know, like reading books anymore. I just started listening to mother nature and then going deep within and listening to my star family that talked to me, you know, my guides that are around me all the time. I just started listening to them more and more and more. And that's when everything started flooding in and the gates really started to open and my abilities started to stretch. And that's when I started realizing all of the things that were happening, the time dilations, the deaths and the rebirths, the memories of the programs, memories of my father, all this stuff just started. And I'm like, okay, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. It's a little too much this fast. Let it come in nice and easy, people, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you, you got it. You guys are nailing it on the head with the things you're saying, for sure. I appreciate you guys so very much, man. Thank well, you. Thank you. I mean, Likewise, this is, thank yeah. you. I, your your story is incredible, and for the audience who's listening to this, we've only gotten into a very small portion of what you shared in that presentation, uh, but this is all equally, if not as, if not more fascinating. Um, you also mentioned cannabis is an off-world plant that was gifted to us. Is that yeah. how you understand it? I've heard that before yep. as well from multiple people. And yeah. where did you, yep. where did, how did you come across that information? Cause I've heard it, but I'd love to know, I'd love to know where you came to that uh, understanding. I actually got told, you know, they actually told me, you know, and, 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 and when I started really talking to my cannabis plants and I, I would every day walk through and, and there's, you know, there's just massive amounts of plants. I would walk through and I would hold their stock. And I would touch their leaves and I would just put my my energy with their energy and they would share with me. And when I really realized what was going on, I'm like, holy cow, they're really healing me by doing this. And I started talking to all of them every day in the morning. I get up at dark and I talk to them all and I water them and I have a big fire and I do meditation and yoga in the cannabis garden. And 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 then they they told me. And not only did they tell me on a journey, they told me that my medicine was very important because, you know, it's the medicine that heals people. And I was like, and that was all they gave me. It was the, it's the medicine that heals people. And I'm like, holy cow. And, and they didn't even use the word people. They said beings. It's the medicine that heals beings. And I'm like, I, I don't like to use that people word, but um, beings, us beautiful beings of love and light, you know, and 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 whatever we are in the transition to that, you know what I mean? And it, it really is the medicine that heals everything. And, and I got to see it. I actually saw the movie of the medicine healing anything and everything. And I'm like, okay, it is really a special plan. Right. And, and that, that goes that goes to the same with the mimosa hostilis, you know, where they make the ayahuasca and the DMT from. It's the same thing. And, and not only that, if you listen to the science behind it, 
just about every single thing on the planet has DMT in it. Just our about own, everything. Including our own us. bodies created. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 In, in multiple different locations in our body. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've explored with DMT before and it's I've gone on that hero's journey and I blasted off into an entirely different reality dimension, the universe, whatever. Uh, it was pretty fascinating. But um, going back to the cannabis thing really quickly, I heard I listened to this woman years ago talking about it was actually gifted to us from the Syrian star system. And the term cannabis is actually an Egyptian word. And canna means canine. And yeah. bis means two in, I guess, Egyptian. And the two dog star is actually a star in a serious constellation. And that they say it comes from the two dog star. And it's literally the name means two dog cannabis in Egyptian. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate, but I found it fascinating. And that was the first time I had heard that. So that, thank you for sharing that because that totally makes sense to me. It could click right in like no problem. That'll, that fits right in my, you know, right in my pattern of my brain. Sure. So, I mean, okay. it feels it, I'm getting a muscle test here. See the goosebumps on my arm. Right. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. Bumps. Yeah. yeah. Truth yeah. bumps. That's right. Really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I do. I, I believe it too. I do think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Why do you and, think they made it illegal for so long? Why do you think they threw people in prison? You know, like there's yeah. a reason for they because they knew, you know, they knew that, you know, and they, it's a big threat to big pharma and the whole medical system and just people healing in general, you know, they can't, but now of course that's changing. Obviously that's starting to become legalized and but, less, less criminalized now. Thank, thankfully. But, but we were never taught in how to properly u- utilize it, but use it. Right. And but, you know well, now they now you can buy it at the gas station, which you know I wouldn't recommend. Um, you don't know what some of this stuff that they're selling you mm-hmm. isn't actually this plant medicine that you're looking for. So, right. I mean, I guess maybe you could recommend on how to how you would take it, or how our audience could take it or apply it in any way that they wanted to. Yeah, so I I actually did a lot of research on this, so I'm glad you asked. Um, I there's a guy who uh, came up with. Uh, uh, the the understanding he just knew because from from old 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 knowledge that he read about that um, he made phoenix tears and and everyone thinks that's RSO Rick Simpson oil a fully extracted cannabis oil called FECO when really in reality so on the cannabis plant they have these glands they're THC glands and they're like this with a ball on the top right and th- and they're clear. And they're, they're oil, they're clear oil. So we look at them and in the cannabis industry, we wait till they get 80% cloudy and 20% amber till we harvest, right? Mm. And then you you smoke it and you get cloudy and a little bit tired because it's, you know, it goes darker and it, it gets cloudy. So when you smoke the cannabis plant with the clear trichomes, it doesn't happen to you. You know, so what I, I I researched and researched and researched. So what I started doing was making these Phoenix tears I read about. And I take the plant when it's truly at its prime, when all the trichomes are clear and take it fresh, chop it up, put it in first cold press hemp seed oil, agitate it for about 10 to 30 days, depending on how long you want to keep the medicine in there. And it extracts all those clear oil glands off the plant. And then you strain it out and you take a dropper full of that every day. And what happened to me was I started seeing better, hearing better. My teeth started growing, the shine back on them, started smelling better. And all my body, this is during my healing journey, 
you know, that four months of that cancer disappearing, liver cancer, which they say is no coming back from, right? right. Well, I'm here right now, four and a half later, or in real reality moments, uh, six and a half years later, uh, and I'm still here. Um, because I believe the, the cannabis, and I also used to juice the leaves. I juiced the leaves as much as I could, probably six days a week. I would drink a big glass of cannabis leaves juice and um, mix with something else because it flavored it really well. But just right. some other organic natural juice that we would juice with the juicer. But yeah, that that is um, that was my experience in it, and they kind of confirmed it. The, the cannabis plants confirmed it, so I made a ton of this stuff and I gave it to people, and everyone had the same experience. So I beta tested it for two years, just giving it away to people, asking them, how do they feel? What are they, you know, and 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 see things that you could really say are different in your life from taking this right here. And everybody had the same, they were heightened awareness. They could see better, hear better, feel better. They have quick reactions. They're picking up things out of the air that are falling like this, you know, and just right. all this stuff started happening. And I'm like, because that's that that's just my experience now. And I believe that everybody using cannabis is using it medicinally, even if they don't know it yet or not. Sure. Right. Um, you mentioned I'm going to just throw a curveball here. You mentioned in your at the end of your presentation that you believe we're all rainbow warriors. And then you also mentioned the dragons being very present right now. Um, I'm curious to know what you meant by that. Well, I don't, um, if we go into like the uh, Hopi prophecy, you know, the blue planet returning and the, the rainbow warriors going within and then coming back without and populating the new land and everything. That's the reason I use those words because I'm, I'm really close with the Hopi and uh, I go and visit a medicine man there and I'm accepted on their reservation. They brought me to all their sacred sites and I have a really beautiful connection there and on the Navajo reservation also. The uh, the the I just really connect with those people, so I, I really identify with that story. And um, my partner uh, Shakina Blue Sophia, and then my name, uh, my my spirit name Daystar. We put them together, and it comes to Blue Star, the Blue Star returning, you know, and the New Earth arising. So I, I always talk about this, and then the dragons. So I'm really glad you asked about that too, because I've always felt and seen dragons like physically seen them with my eyes. And that was another reason why they put me on medicine because I always saw dragons and talked to dragons. Well, I believe that we all have dragons around us, all of us, and they're all over the place. They're just vibrating a little different than we are currently. And, and with a little, little bit of plant medicine, we can get into that vibration and see them and actually communicate with them. You know, I, we don't really need it. But because of the programming and the food and the air and everything they have done to us to make us into robotic programs, that we just forgotten about that vibration and forgotten about those things that we are all been able to do since the beginning of time, including time dilation, time jumping, all that stuff. And um, now with plant medicine, it's helped me become aware you know, awakened, whatever you want to call it. I just call it becoming more aware of everything and remembering that my DNA is a very special, special, like a microchip with all this information that we've forgotten, that I've forgotten, that I'm actually awakening and remembering these little programs inside this big program, you know, and, and I can see them. Yeah. And ultimately, I think transforming the DNA or upgrading the DNA or activating it is the key to healing. Yeah, I think uh, absolutely at, at a genetic level. And 
Um, yeah, the dragons, it's interesting because the zodiac, the Chinese zodiac calendar, it has all the animals that all exist in our 3D world, including the dragon. Why is the dragon the only one that's supposed right. to be this myth, you know? Right. A- and there's mm-hmm. there's evidence like that there, there's like fossilized dragons and, you know, the mud flood type of evidence as far as like, I mean, clearly we're looking at something here is either a dinosaur or a dragon and you could even some people say that even dinosaurs might have been dragons and they kind of mm-hmm. just flipped the script on us a little bit. I don't know. It's all very fascinating, but I agree with you. They're just existing just in a different frequency. And if we understood, if we hadn't been programmed away from that ability to change the channel, change the station and go to that frequency, I think we could all naturally do it. But I do agree that the plant medicines help. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, I, you're absolutely correct about the history and them flipping the script and all that. Because I, I, even during the dinosaur time, whether they were there, I mean, even my friend had this Moldavite, this chunk of Moldavite. It was like this big. And Ooh. it was clearly, yeah, it was really awesome. <laughs> clearly. And I, he, he has pictures of it still. And there's a picture of it with him and I. And it's clearly a friggin' dragon head. Really? You can, anybody that looked at it can see, and it's not been chipped or chopped or anything. It was a found chunk of Moldavite and he carried it. Someone stole it out of his, literally someone got in his storage unit where there's cameras that no one can see, stole it out of there. And, and, and there's no evidence of it being gone. And I have pictures of me and him with it. So I, I mean, I thoroughly mud flood, love them guys. Totally. They're awesome. Cause they're showing truth all over the frigging place. And people are just starting to see now. And I'm glad that people are actually starting to see. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because like I, said, yeah. I love them. Well, it's well, well, it's good. Real quick on the dinosaurs. I mean, they've, they're now are find, finding footprints and all these things that show that we existed at the same time as those beings. And that's not supposed to be, you know, supposed to be, oh, like, yeah. oh no, they were millions and millions of years ago. We didn't come till way, way, way later. And we evolved from apes and all this nonsense. None of that's true. You know, no, we were around at the same time. And there were, there's been, you know, Lance Lemuria, obviously, and even civilizations before those civilizations that I do think dragons were around. I think all kinds of, you know, there were giants, obviously, you know, there were um, different ET races that were here living with us. We were, we were all living together, you know, for a long, long, long time on this planet. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. that. We're going back to that, by the way, we're, we're. I think we're right at the precipice of like coming back well you know, with with this ascension and so yeah exactly and what happens as you actually you always talk yes. about raising your vibration you always talk about raising your vibration mm-hmm. but what actually happens when that physically happens and you really are existing in a different frequency you're in a frequency where these things exist still they never went away i think yeah and they right. they'll become visible again and we're going to be I think at some point in the near future, side by side with some of these beings that we've only talked about for years, but never seen. And I think it's all to do with, like you said, it's a frequency thing. Yeah. So last night, right, we're up on Mount Shasta right here. And um, we were doing a little bit of ceremony, some small doses of mushrooms and some changa, which is a herbal mixture with DMT in it. And all of a sudden, my little dog starts barking. <laughs> And I'm like, what the heck? And I got up and I start walking. There's loud noise through the through the woods, like 15 feet behind our fire circle, so 1230 at night. And I'm like, and we were 
like experiencing uh, um, communication through like downloaded channeled communication. And, and there was multiple of us, as a bunch of medicine people were all together up there. And we were all experiencing something of like being watched, a feeling of watched and someone knew that someone was what, and this woman was getting downloads that was at the circle. And then all of a sudden there's a being right by us. And, and I don't have the flashlight, but I, at first I was scared. So I grabbed a big stick and I ran over there because I'm the guy that always runs after the, the scary stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and everyone else is sitting at the fire. So I start running and I, and I, I kind of guess the direction it's in because I hear the footprints and I just throw this stick. It's the one I was using to poke the fire. So it was a really good stick. And then this thing just ran into the woods. Well, by that time, my friend had turned her big light on and we saw the shadow and it looked like maybe a, a small being, but it was using all four of its arms and legs to run. And it was this dark, I don't, I can't show you here, but it was, it just seemed pretty big. And then we watched it hide behind the trees. And then I, I, I threw another stick up that way. I said, I said, it's okay. Come on out. Let's talk, you know? And then it ran up the hill and it, it kind of looked like primitive, you know what I mean? But not so much because it got to the top of the hill and then just disappeared. And we all got to see it run to the top of the hill and then disappear. And then it reappeared over on our left, almost immediately from the top of the, the edge of the mountain that we're, we're camped on in Upper Sand Flats. And then down here by the road, there it was, crashing through the woods over here. Like it just teleported. You know what I mean? Teleported yeah. itself yeah. exactly into another location to get away from us because it was scared of me. And I was scared of it. So I didn't have any idea. And here we are trying to communicate. And I just, the dogs, I got scared. And I'm like, oh, shit, I just scared a, a, a star family being away that was coming to talk to us because we were asking it to come talk to us. Right. And it was really, really cool communication last night. So, wow, so that's amazing. It, so it was, at first when you started telling the story, I thought it was like, you know how a being will show up, but you feel it, you don't see it. You guys saw a physical entity, a physical being. We physically saw it. It was almost like a shadow. Right. And there was one, two, three, four. Isaac was there. Um, there was one, two, three, four, five of us. All five of us saw it in some aspect of its shadow because it would just moved. And it didn't move fast, but it seemed like it was fast. You know, the crunching seemed kind of slow, right. but it was like, and I'm like, it just, you know, it was like so magical. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I threw a stick at you. <laughs> Please come right. back. I didn't mean to do that. Right, yeah. right. They're like, what the hell? He called me up and now he's throwing shit at me. And and uh, that's, yeah. one of, that's one of so many stories I've heard of Mount Shasta, of people making contact with beings on Mount Shasta. Because that's, I mean, it's a huge vortex there, just like Sedona, you know. Right. Um, it's, yeah. there's a lot of that that, that happens there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two places I, I stay mostly, Sedona and Shasta. Right. Yeah. Two, two, two of the biggest vortexes on the planet. That's amazing. You're, you're guided there for a reason, I'm sure. Um, no, for sure. You know, it's right. interesting. I was recently in Colorado with a friend, and we were out sky watching in this field. And through the tree line, we both sensed something over here, but we couldn't see it. And she's a channeler, and she's able to talk and talk to these beings a lot of the time. And they started communicating with her, and they were like, forest people like maybe not sasquatch exactly but and she started having the conversation with him and 
I was like, can I ask them a question? And they said, sure. And I said, I would love to see you. Can you show yourselves? And she started laughing and I'm like, what? Like, I, I didn't understand. I thought she was laughing at my question, but she was laughing at, because that was their response. And I said, what's so funny? And that, and she said, they're laughing because they said they're not hiding. Right. They're standing right here. You just, and, and it's up to me if I wanted to see them. And, That's right. and you got to meet them halfway. Kind and of. they explained it. Yeah. it it doesn't matter. Don't think of it as in frequencies, but think about it in heart and heart centeredness, like dropping mm. into your heart is the highway to the other frequencies. It's all about love. So exactly. it, it doesn't matter. Like if you're sitting there trying to raise your vibration, if you're not in your heart, you're not going to see it. And, and I tried as hard as I could. I was like, I, and I tried, I really tried, but in the moment, when you try too hard, it kind of works opposite. But, and then I said, well, maybe right. I said, can you shake a tree? at least so I could at least see something. And then why would we do that? Why would we hurt our friend like that? And <laughs> I'm like, they, they, yeah, said, would, would, they right. said, would you shake your friend? And like, I was just like, wow, this is so crazy. Like we just yeah. think things in such a different light. And uh, I never did get to see anything, but I definitely felt their presence. And that was very apparent, the energetic side of it. Uh, but it, I, it's all about dropping into your heart if you want to shift frequencies, mm -hmm. I believe. That's the highway to these other dimensions. Right. What what you described reminds me of Sasquatch encounters, too, like yeah. how they're interdimensional. People see them physically, but then they'll phase out and then come back. And mm -hmm. um, so a lot of these advanced beings, they they can do that easily. They can phase in to be fully, you know, and then halfway too, where you, they're like transparent. You can like see through them because they're like kind of halfway phased in, but not fully in 3D. Like Tyler, you had that Tyler had a, what he thinks was an inner earth being halfway phase into his basement where you said she was transparent. Right. But but she telepathically like communicated to you. And yeah. Uh -huh. um, so they obviously have the the ability to do that and they can teleport like you just described, um, because when we understand time and space is not what we think it is, you can you can basically do that once you get to a certain level very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we have to meet them halfway. Like they they can they can come down, you know, and I've also heard it's like it's hard for them to stay a lot of these beings to stay in 3D for very long because it's like painful for them. Well, it's um, a denser frequency, it's a it's denser so reality. Dense. Yeah. Right, right. So it's like it's not just that. If we if we actually get our eyes on them, then we hunt them and then we want to experiment also, on them or catch them so that they know that. this stuff. For their safety, yeah. Yeah, right. And it, it right. Also yeah. that, and then, and it, you're absolutely right, Tyler. That it is the the key is in your heart. You know, the key is truly in your heart. I had just I had just went on journeys for a deep, deep, deep dive spiritual journey about a week ago up on Forest Road 26, past Lake Siskiyou, up the other side of the other other crest of the mountain over there, past Castle Lake and all that. And uh, uh, after my third inhalation, I came back. The dogs were barking. And they were really barking. They were and they were and they were just all they were like circling this section of the woods. And I look up and there is what you just said, a Sasquatch right there. And then I look over, they're barking across the water, and there's another one. And my partner was right there. And I said, Do you see them? And I, and she's like, I don't see them, but I feel them. And it, like you said, she intuitively felt them. So she started talking to them and she said, we, you know, and they said the same thing. We're not here to hurt you. And, and we feel frightened by your dogs. Can you stop them? So I got the dogs and I pulled them over and they were like, thank you so much. And then they just went on their way and they, they did that shimmer oh, gone, 
you know, yeah. so you're right. They can, they can come and go. And I believe that thoroughly 1 million percent. Cause that's like the third time I've had an experience with them. I actually went into this cave up in, uh, up around Sunday river in Maine. And, and I, and I, I went down this path, went in this cave and I was like, someone's living in this cave. And then I came out of the cave and in the middle of the trail where I just walked is a 1950s beer can in mint condition. Mm-hmm. And then right next to it is this, is this tin, tin pot with a ceramic coating, just brand new. And they were right there. And I, I kind of walked by them. They're like, take them. And I'm like, I looked around. I'm like, what? And they said, those are for you. And I grabbed them. They gave me a gift. They left oh, wow. me a gift. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. That's so cool. And all I had was a, I had a pocket knife. So I said, OK, this is for you. And I laid the pocket knife down and I went back to my friend's house. She lives up on the mountain up there and she's had multiple experiences. And she's a really amazing high priestess. And um, I brought them to her. She's like, wow, did they give them to you as a gift? She knew immediately. And I was like, she's like, they love to give gifts. And I'm like, holy cow, you know this? And you let me go up there in the woods, dropping around. <laughs> They've been saving that beer can since 1950 for the right person. Right. <laughs> yeah. So cool, man. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank That's you amazing. so much for joining us today. Um, is there any last words you'd like to leave us with? And can you please let our audience <laughs> know how they can follow you? Yeah. Um, um, I, I have a website and it's uh, uh, drdshealth.com. So it's Dr. D's Health. That used to be my cannabis company, Dr. D's. So it's drdshealth.com. And um, this site is being updated right now. My guy kind of disappeared, but we're going to get it fixed in the next couple of weeks here because I have a new guy that's going to take over. Um, but you can also... Uh, um, I could give him my phone number or whatever. I don't know how you do it here. You guys always have <laughs> well, all the special stuff. You, you I'm not super your, technical. You don't, you don't have to, have to give your phone number out. Um, we'll just, uh, if you have an email, we'll just put that in the description below along with the website. And uh, or your yeah, Facebook, you. if you're cool yeah, with your that. Facebook. Yeah. Your social okay. media. Yep. I have Facebook under my name and uh, my uh, uh, uh my email is DeStefanoAnthony06 at gmail.com. So it's DeStefanoAnthony06 at gmail.com. And what I'd like to leave everybody with is just like you were saying, Tyler and, and Aaron, what you're saying, it is through our heart. And if we could all get into our heart and, and get deeper and, and, and if you are having a little bit of a hard time, seek out someone that's really knowledgeable about plant medicine that could really help you maybe change your vibration to see a little bit more. So you have something to start with, you know, so you have a starting point, you're like, holy cow, I just experienced something that I've never even imagined being there or, or anything. And now I know I can see further than just this holographic universe we're in and and i can start vibrating in the dragon vibration you know and you guys are awesome man i this has been so pleasurable i could probably sit and talk to you guys for a month you know what i mean yeah likewise same thank you so much likewise i I really appreciate you coming and sharing everything with us and our audience and thank you for coming forward and telling your story it's very important and what you're doing is very important obviously and yes and uh yeah i encourage everybody go check out his website and uh Hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we see we can do this again one day. Yeah, I would love to, man, and maybe even do some collaboration on some stuff, man, because I, you guys are really you you got some beautiful, absolute in truthful information, you know what I mean, that you're sharing. And, and I, I watched a bunch of your podcasts 
And I fucking love you guys. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This, you was, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> and um, guys, just a reminder, uh, head over to our Patreon if you want to see our new documentary that we just came out with. It's our first attempt at a full-length documentary. It, it turned out really well. Uh, the sign-up is below in the description. Cahokia Mounds, the untold story. Um, it tells a whole new history of the Midwest and the mound sites, mm -hmm. the sacred mound sites, uh, not just here in in Missouri and Southern Illinois, but all, all over North America. So go check that out if you haven't yet. And until next time, have a great evening. We love you all. Good night. Night. Good night, guys. Uh -huh.